Greetings, Rebel fans. My name is Jason Kelly, and this is the Let's Run podcast. Tonight on the show, we are talking about UNLV's really uh, intense and dramatic victory in Fresno in a game that was bizarre from beginning to end. Uh, At the end of the day in college basketball, just win, baby. So let's get into it. All right, so the Rebels uh started out the game in fresno they they did pretty well in the first half uh they were getting a lot of success on post-up action again they were running that high low look uh and they went out to a you know between a six and an eight point lead um and then about 12 minutes into the game um fresno had a guy and and fresno's coach decided to go with a 1-3-1 zone. Now, this is not the first team that's run a 1-3-1 zone against the Rebels. And I don't think it will be the last either, especially when they're playing teams who are ranked lower in the conference than them. But essentially what happens when teams run a 1-3-1 zone against us is it really kills our post-up game. Uh, the bottom man who's on the baseline can um, can kind of front every single post-up attempt that's made and what you really need against a 1-3-1 zone is corner three-point shooting and on this roster as currently constructed that's just not a thing now i will give coach kruger i did not think that coach kruger had a great name but i did think that there was one adjustment the only three the rebels made in the game was a corner three by dj uh, and Kruger recognized that we needed somebody to hit a three. Like we had to hit at least one, obviously not just because of the streak, but because a team's just going to keep running the one, three, one on you. If, if you can't hit a single corner three. And so what coach Kruger did was stick DJ in the corner as a spot up player and have Keelan and Luis run the offense from the top of the key. And they swung it out to DJ who nailed our only three in the game. Uh, Caleb and Rob Whaley were absolutely dominant, uh, but Fresno was keeping in the game with some decent three-point shooting of their own and some, I don't know, they, they were just scrappy. They were making the right plays. They were doing, even though that team was incredibly light-handed, uh, short-handed, they, they were making enough plays to stay in the game. And it was very frustrating because it felt as if the Rebels should have been winning by a lot more the whole time. But Fresno just kept making play after play after play. And, you know, you got to give credit to um, Justin Hudson. I know that this is his Super Bowl. He cares about being the Rebels more than he cares about having a good program. Uh, And I am not unhappy uh, with the fact that he is going to be uh, unemployed very soon. Uh, Maybe he'll get an assistant coach job, but he will not be a head coach uh, coming in a couple of months. And so, yeah, let's go over the the box score, some of the players, and talk about uh, individual performance. So the standout for the Rebels was obviously Rob Whaley. Uh, It might have been his best game as a Rebel. He finishes with 17 points, 6 of 7 from the field, which is unbelievable. 5 of 7 from the free throw line, which is also very good uh, for him. And... (laughs) was a plus eight when he was on the courts um played great i i really couldn't say any he he was just he's not a perimeter player the only thing you can count on rob whaley jr to do is post up and he is excellent at it he also had a couple good defensive plays 
Um, so yeah, hands up, round of applause to Rob Whaley. You're the reason we won the game. You played excellent. Uh, Caleb Boone also had a pretty good game. He was four of nine from the field, four of six from the free throw line, 12 points. And Keelan also had a good game, six of nine from the field, uh, 15 points. So it was kind of a Boone Brothers game, uh, which is not something that happened in uh, New Mexico, uh, but was was good to see again. Um, I think in our kind of drag it out, tougher, rougher games, games where we're having issues uh, getting up shots, um, that having the Boone Brothers kind of as a physical presence uh, really helps bolster the scoring. Um, DJ Thomas had not a great, uh, he kind of fell back to earth a little bit. I wouldn't say he had a bad game by any means. Uh, a terrible game. He just kind of struggled a little bit with his court vision. Uh, he had two turnovers. He finished with two turnovers and two assists. So, or sorry, one assist. So not a great game in terms of dis- distributing uh, the ball. And a lot of that had to do with how Fresno State was guarding him uh, and guarding with their zone look. Um, the biggest issue for the Rebels was the lack of a bench. Uh, Brooklyn Hicks didn't even he only took one shot one rebound uh one turnover i mean brooklyn hicks was a non-factor it was his worst game in months which was really disappointing because he had played so well against new mexico and sometimes i feel like our dependency on the post up kind of limits uh opportunities for other players to attack off the dribble uh, we are always trying to get the ball to Rob and Caleb, and for good reason. They're they're efficient and they're very good in the post. However, when a guard's job only job is to pass the ball to the post, uh, I think it makes those players kind of one dimensional. So I would like to see Coach Kruger, uh, you know, tell his guards. J- Jackie's the only person on the bench who scored tonight, and I would like to see Coach Kruger tell his guards, "Hey, it's okay to attack off the dribble a little bit." Coach Kruger has a terrible tendency, and you get why he does this, but he has a tendency to only do this, like only basically run the same play over and over and over and over again. He likes to hammer a nail as hard as he can with as much force as he can and as often as he can. So when he sees something like Rob Whaley and Caleb Boone working so well, uh, he's not going to let anything else happen on the offense. And if a team knows that that's going to, to be the Rebels' course of action, it's pretty easy to counter it. And that, and that happened a little bit tonight. So yeah, overall terrible bench performance. Uh, Justin Webster continues to look bad. Um, I think if this team wants to win, you know, the mountain West tournament or compete for the mountain West title for the rest of the season, Justin Webster probably will have to be some sort of a factor, uh, either that or Shane Noel, who, you know, say what you want about him. He did have three rebounds, which, you know, that's more than DJ had. That's that's not bad. So that's probably the best bench contribution we had was Shane's three rebounds. So I would like to see Kruger not abandon his bench uh, quite as quickly. And if Justin Webster's on the court, I just need him in the corner. I need him in the corner. And when he's not playing in games, he's got to be just practicing his corner three because that's that's the only thing I really see the additive that he can do for this team at this moment. I don't want him taking the ball off the dribble. I don't want him attacking closeouts. I don't want him, you know, ha- having ball handling pos- uh, responsibilities. I want him in the corner drilling threes. And I don't think that you should use a guy like Brooklyn Hicks and uh, Justin Webster in the same way. 
So let's talk a little bit about what we can expect. Uh, this podcast will also act as a preview for the Reno game coming up on Saturday, a game which sadly I will not be able to attend. Let's preview that game a little bit. So unfortunately, I will be in Utah with my wife. Um, it's been planned forever. No way around it. Um, but yeah, I will not be actually at the game. However, uh, I will be watching and I think that the rebels have a good matchup, uh, against Reno. And the reason why I say that is because Reno has, you know, they're a little thin in the front court at times. Uh, if you look at their players, um, they tend to rely on Nick Davidson in the front court. Uh, Trey Coleman is kind of a big player who plays in the front court. Um, and then there's John Gardner, although I haven't heard as much about him. Uh, and so I'm, I'm not sure if maybe he's injured. Um, however, uh, I know that Davidson and Trey Coleman will kind of be, uh, the, the big guys that UNLV is going to have to match, um, in the post and Reno will have plans to try and shut down UNLV's post entry. And so every single team that plays UNLV will have one objective and it's not going to be any different with Reno going to be stopping the rebels from throwing the ball into Caleb and Keelan and Rob. Um, now the rebels can counter that they've used the high low action to counter that. However, I don't think that's going to be enough. I think they're going to have to, uh, kind of have different looks for how they attack a, uh, post a defense, a, a defense that's, you know, dedicated to stopping the post. And there's a couple ways I think they can do that. Uh, the first way that I would have them do it is to stick one, have Elijah Hicks, sorry, Elijah Hicks, uh, Brooklyn Hicks, um, passing the ball into the post from the high side and sticking DJ in the corner, uh, the corner of the opposite side of the court. Now, what that's going to do is DJ, I think is probably our best three point shooter. It may, might be him or Jackie though Jackie um, shoots about 10 points percentage-wise higher from the top of the key as opposed to the corners. So, But I would still be willing to stick uh, Jackie in there. Um, so what you're going to do is have Brooklyn pass the ball into the high post and then have whoever's at the top of the key flash to the paint and our post player, whether that be Rob or Caleb or Keelan, uh, is going to have to throw the ball to the opposite side corner for DJ. That's going to be a good counter. They can, of course, run the high-low action with Keelan. Um, but if a team is running a high-low, is fronting both the high screen and the low screen, whoever has the ball, whether that be Brooklyn or DJ or Jackie Johnson or Luis Rodriguez, has to attack off the dribble. They cannot allow both defenders to play high up and denial defense off of your guys in post play that the, the pain is wide open if you see that both rob and caleb are being denied the basketball drive it to the hoop their rim protectors are out they're trying to deny the pass they don't want you to get the ball into the post the pain is open i saw this the whole time in the fresno game and i think that's another good way to counter it and so yeah um that's kind of how i see schematically uh what the Rebels should do in this game against Reno. There's also a, a question of defense. Uh, some of the Rebels screen navigation 
and uh, you know whether they were hedging or whether they were switching, some of it uh, wasn't great tonight. Uh, they had issues with uh, the guy on the baseline who's supposed to be flashing to the paint to stop the diver uh, when you know. So when you set a high ball screen and. The Rebels did this multiple times tonight. They were bringing both Caleb and whoever was guarding the guard who was uh, receiving the screen. They were bringing them both out and doubling. Now, when you do that in college basketball, whoever's on the baseline has to flash to the middle of the paint and basically play one-on-two defense. They've got to defend the roll man and they've got to defend their man in the corner. And the guys who are guarding at the top, you know, who are basically doubling the ball handler, have to make it so that the ball handler cannot make a pass to the to the center of the key very effective defense most all colleges do it um and the rebels were struggling with it tonight so that's not good um black shear is reno's best player uh he's a very good player uh six six wing uh decent shooter um not a great three-point shooter um i believe he is averaging on three points He's only taken uh, five. He's only taken uh, five twenty-three threes on the year, but he has even a lower percentage than Justin Webster, which is uh, remarkable. And um, so, playoff, playoff Blackshear. You know, don't let him get into your body. Luckily, we have two guys uh, who are pretty good uh, at playing on-ball defense against guys like Blackshear and Luis Rodriguez and Keelan Boones, and I imagine they'll take turns on him. Uh, they'll kind of, you know, pass pass him off uh, between the two of them. You do not want uh, Reno to be able to get switches of DJ onto Blackshear. I don't know how Hooks Hicks would handle it, um, but you want to make sure that you keep Keelan and Luis on Blackshear. And um, yeah, I so I posted earlier today that I thought that the Rebels would lose at home to Reno and win on the road. Um, what I meant by that prediction is that I think we're splitting with Reno. I, I do think that, uh, coach Alford, uh, will end up losing, uh, eventually beating Kevin Kruger in a game. I don't think I, I don't think Reno or us are going to two Oh sweep, uh, each other. So you would all be very could very well could win on Saturday. If they don't win on Saturday, I think they'll win up in Reno. And if they lose on Saturday, uh, sorry, if, if they do win on Saturday, I think they'll lose in Reno. So it's going to be an okay matchup. Uh, I think the Rebels, probably on a neutral court, are the better team and should be able to handle Reno pretty handily. And if you look at the standings, the Rebels are one game out of first and tied for fourth. So we've got everything to play for. And losing tonight in Fresno would have severely hurt and really... Uh, kind of slowed down the Rebels' progress on the year. So I'm just glad they won. Um, I'm not going to complain about a road game against a team that has given us problems in the past. Uh, and I do think that, you know, Fresno had a guy, Coley Mario or whatever his name is, Mario, uh, who I'd never heard of, a 6'7 senior from Sao Paulo, Brazil, uh, who... I think he's played at Fresno all four years. I'm not 100% sure, but I, I think he has. And has never been a very good player, but randomly tonight goes for 30 points. Um, just wasn't a guy that was on our scouting report. And I don't 
I don't hold the Rebels. You know, I I don't really care how the Rebels won tonight. I just care that they won. Um, a win's a win. And Kevin Kruger, not a great performance from him. I'd give him, you know, a C plus. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if you win, your grade doesn't really matter that much in college basketball, especially on the road. So, yeah, that is going to do it for this week. So I might do a podcast um, after the uh, Reno game. I will, I will definitely do one after the Reno game. I might do another one before the Reno game. We'll see. I was hoping to have some guests on. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out. But um, I'm always looking for people to come on the podcast. I want Rebel fans to have their voices you know, heard. Uh, podcast isn't, you know, it is what it is. I, I do this as a hobby because I love the Rebels and I love communicating with Rebel fans. I'm on Twitter because I love the Rebels and I, and I love communicating with Rebel fans. And yeah, I just, I want us all to support our team. This is our team. You know, as imperfect as they are, as, as many dumb losses as they've had, these are our guys. And it's our city. And I'm just grateful to be a part of the Rebel community. And I am especially grateful that we were able to beat that incredibly annoying Fresno team tonight. So thank you for listening. God bless. Hope you have a wonderful week. Uh, we all hate Reno, so screw Reno. And let's run.